Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mayfield on a fake flip to Beckham and he gets away. Now Beckham has room to run. Odell Beckham cuts back. Odell Beckham Jr. All the way. Touchdown Cleveland. Welcome into the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Entertainment Network, the network for professional podcasters. Paul Catalina alongside Orlando Scandrick and our special guest this week, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's Clarence Hill. But we are brought to you by betonline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline. At AG and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, uh, Orlando, uh, the Cowboys defense uh, is getting worse, and I didn't know if that was possible, but it was awful yesterday against the Browns 49 38, the final. Uh, just opening thoughts on that game and how it all went awry so quickly at ATT Stadium yesterday. Yeah, it's atrocious. Um, talked about this before. They just don't look comfortable. I hate to keep beating the dead horse. And um, earlier in the offseason, um, me and Clarence, me and Clarence developed a special relationship since I was playing. So, you know, he wasn't just like a normal reporter to me. And I'm going to bring him on and talk to him here. Um, we developed a special relationship. He's actually seen me grow as a man. I actually looked up to him. He turned out to be more so family than he did as just a reporter. So I was way more comfortable talking to Clarence when it got to like the middle to later years of my career. And, you know, just to say, like I talked to him and I would ask him like, how's camp? And he would say, you know, you can't tell, you know how, you, how it is. You can't tell yet. And, and then we talked some more and we just, was just like, we, he, he just didn't see it. He was just like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see these guys. And on paper, it looks like they got some good players, but when it comes to like the cohesiveness, you know, the togetherness as a defense, I just don't see it. And Clarence, can you kind of clarify or kind of explain to me what you've seen throughout this whole process of them changing to this new scheme? Well, and, and, and I think that, that's it. You know, your change to a new scheme uh, with uh, communication issues and, and just whole different asking players to do different things than they're accustomed to doing in a pandemic when you don't have the benefit of the off season, you don't have the benefit of preseason games uh, to, to, to get some things down again, that's not an excuse because the Cleveland Browns got a new coach with a new offense and a new defense. And they seem to be doing just fine. They seem yeah. to be doing just fine in the pandemic. Okay. But the Cowboys, you know, continue to blame, you know, you know, the, uh, the rust and, and the, uh, I guess, not being confident and 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 comfortable in the new scheme, and and again, you're asking players like Everson Griffin and Demarcus Lawrence to play 
outside linebacker playing the two-point stance that they haven't done before. Uh, you ask a lot of guys to do things they haven't done before. You're trying to be more complicated uh, in, than last year when it was supposedly of another defense. And the funny thing is, as we talked in training camp, you know, everything looks good in practice. They're not tackling. They're thudding up. Everybody looks good. You run to the ball. You're thudding up. Oh, we're in position. But that ain't tackling. And as you see, with Jalen Smith and some of the linebackers, you know, there's a difference between thudding up and practicing getting guys on the ground. And and just because guys look to be in position in practice, you know, in training camp, and certainly, you know, it was funny because we were raving in training camp about how great the defensive ends were doing to get into the quarterback. Well, they were going against these backup offensive tackles that are getting beat every week. Because you remember, Tyron Smith was out, Leo Collins were out, uh, was out in training camp. And so you had these backup guys, the Terrence Stills and the Brandon Knights playing, and they were getting beat by DeMarcus and those guys on a daily basis. Like, oh, these guys are playing well. Well, you get to the, the season, and the Cowboys are not getting sacks, and the offensive line is still giving up sacks. Yeah, Clarence, to, to, to go to that point is I – I was I talked with Paul with this earlier. I was just worried about the switch. And then after I did some more research this weekend, you know, I spent some time, you know, just doing a little research. And Mike Nolan seemed like more of a buddy buddy hire than a fav- than a, a actual defensive coordinator. It was a it was a it was a favor. Um, he was the first guy who gave McCarthy his OC job in two thousand and five, and he was terrible as a coach. He took his records eight and. 27 or 8 and 37, 18 and 37, I believe, or something like that. 18 and 27 or 18 and 37. Don't don't quote me on this, but then I just go look a little further. When he got another opportunity to be a defensive coordinator with the Falcons, his last three years, he's 24th, 27th, and dead last. And if you want to add in his fourth fourth chance of being a coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys in 2020, dead last. I, I don't. How long do they give this experiment, Paul? I don't know. I mean, like to me, I, I don't know. Uh, you know what you can do this year. I, I think that if they keep, you know, if they keep on this trend, that they're going to have a new defensive coordinator next year. And 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 you know, you know this. You can't just keep changing coordinators and hoping for the best. You have to pick a scheme that fits for your players. Uh, I heard this a lot yesterday on the broadcast, and I heard a lot in the post game. And it's it's kind of a cliche, but complementary football, complementary football. Their offense and their defense are not complimenting each other right now nothing's helping anything out and the offense is great but they're not winning that way so is it really that great if they're not winning i mean grady's throwing for 450 yards 500 yards but they're not winning so who cares they don't show any resistance any resistance whatsoever on defense and when they do show a little resistance and make a a few stops there in the game but offensively they have to we talked about this they got all these shiny new weapons and they they were this team is a team that drafted Offensive lineman repeated repetitively in the first round. They passed up on Johnny Manziel to get Zach Martin. They drafted Tyron Smith early. They drafted Travis Frederick, who retired. But they repeatedly built this team. Then they went and drafted a running back in the top five, which is basically unheard of. Then they go make him the highest paid running back at the time, all to just drop back and throw the ball 50 times a game. Yeah, chill. It doesn't seem to make sense to me. Like they're they're changing a lot of things. I know that they needed to change because they have a new uh, the new coach. But uh, don't you want to change within what you have on your fifty three man roster? Well, and that's the question. Are you are you asking players to do things that they're not comfortable doing? Don't have the skills to do. They they seem to believe the Cowboys have the players to fit the scheme. They're just having trouble making the adjustment again. The 
excuses don't matter in this league because, you know, it's, it's only 16 games and then they all count. And, you know, you look at all the teams across, like everybody got issues, everybody got their problems. Uh, but we all knew from the beginning that the Cowboys would be better at the end of the season they were at the beginning just because they did have some changes. They, had, they needed to get an opportunity to get settled and comfortable with the new schemes. No one envisioned a one and three start, which to me is unconscionable. You know, you, 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 and, and just the way they've done it, you know, and, and, and how badly they played. You know, it was so much talk about how bad the defense was, how vanilla the defense was last year. That was a top 10 defense. The defense finished ninth. Okay. This defense is on pace to set a team record for points allowed in the season. Yeah, you, you just there are so many receivers running wide open. I would say that the problems with the defense, Orlando, last year were just that they, you know, while they they got stops, they never they never made game changing plays, and they the offense was always starting, you know, after punts at the you know there's a twenty yard line, the twenty five yard line. They really got to start, you know, across the fifty or at the thirty one, or you know, got oh. a pick six. So those things in close games in the NFL matter. This defense didn't need to change really necessarily what they were doing. They just need to do some of it better. Am I putting it the right way? In my 12 years in the NFL and my 25 years of football, I have never seen a defensive coordinator or heard a defensive coordinator say, I'm going to call this. I'm going to call dime cover two. And this is going to produce an interception at some point. It's the players. (laughs) But the issue to me of it is, is they switched Kings with Chris Richard and they were, they were above average. They were, they were pretty good, but these players that were drafted to play in these schemes, the, the Cheeto Ouzier's, the Jordan Lewis's, the Xavier Woods, these players have never developed. They have never been guys that have taken the ball away or have created game-changing plays. Clarence, you've watched it much from much more of a critical view than me. Am I wrong here? No, and, and that was the issue. You know, one reason why they let Byron Jones go because he didn't turn the ball over. But Byron Jones is pretty good at corner. He covered guys. He just didn't turn the ball over. Now they have guys who can't cover and can't turn the ball over. So it, it, it is it is a strange mix right now. You look at the secondary, and, and Darrell Worley was 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 lost out there trying to get him to cover OBJ. You know, it, it's funny because we talk about Cheeto. They miss Cheeto. I mean, they're worse without Cheeto, and, and Cheeto wasn't making a lot of plays. But but they're worse without Anthony Brown and Cheeto right now. There was so much talk about what Jordan Lewis was going to bring and and and. But and, and people were talking about need to get Cheeto off the field. They're worse right now in the secondary without Jordan Lewis and Cheeto. Well, and Jordan, I mean, without without Cheeto and Anthony Brown. Yeah, in Orlando, it's not like help is on the way anytime soon. I mean, all the you know Sean Lee, Leighton Vander Esch at uh, linebacker, uh, Cheeto, Anthony Brown. Like it's not coming this week against the Giants. It's I mean, can I interject? Yeah, something. Sean Lee was not going to be a lot of help this year. Yeah. I mean, we, he's a big name that we, we know from the past, but but the way they're playing the scheme, the strong side linebacker, I mean, they, they're playing a 3-4 outside linebacker. Where was he going to play other than alternate with Jalen and, and LV in the middle? You know, and, and he really wasn't going to get much run. And, you know, they don't really do that 4-3-3 that three, three linebacker thing. And, and you know, if, if LV is healthy and Jalen's healthy, then you weren't going to see a lot of Sean Leoli to, to, to uh, spell them. But uh, – now, you know, there's a question of is is Layton coming back? And again, how long will he stay if he does come back? How long will he stay healthy? I mean, it's, you know, he has that neck issue that has a, a collarbone issue. And, you know, those are things that, that it's, it's going to be a game by game s- 
season by season thing with him to the rest of his career. Yeah, I'm I'm getting a little worried here about Diggs. I'm getting worried that at what point do you lose him from a confidence standpoint? Um, week after week, you know, it's starting to become more separation between these receivers. You know, the first week it was like, oh, we felt pretty good. You know, the Rams didn't score a lot, but the Rams are a, a schematic team. They don't really attack. They attack matchups to a degree, but it's, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're gonna yeah, they don't go the vertical. Splits. Yeah, they don't go vertical. They're going to reduce the splits. They're going to use their run game. They're going to play action. Then you, the second week, you, play, you go against the Falcons. Um, Julio, he, he dropped some balls there. He, he was some uncharacteristic things that he did that game. And, you know, he kind of got away that week. Then the next week, we come out. This is the Seahawks, vertical passing team. DK gets behind them, uh, makes a ridiculous hustle play. But there's still some separation. But, you know, as that game going, goes on, some plays are being made on them. This week, you know, you're looking for him. When is he going to turn that corner? When is he going to, you know, show that flash that, you know, is he going to turn into that guy? Because I've, I've heard people say he's the best guy. I mean, at what point are we going to say, you know what, we got to get this kid some help or we got to take some of the load off of him before we lose him from a confidence standpoint? How are you going to help him? You got to help the other side. And, and the guys you got helping can't make plays either. I mean, they benched Darren Thompson the other day because he, you know, continues to have coverage issues. You know, that's where the Cowboys are. And, and you're right. Everybody loves Trayvon Diggs and, and loves his potential. He's a second-round pick. He has ball skills. He has everything, you know, on paper. But he has been getting beat, and people are overlooking the fact he's getting beat because he's made hustle plays, because he's been close, because he's been closer than the other guys. You know, he has his hands on a couple of interceptions. He didn't pull down, but he's been closer than other guys. But he has been getting beat. He has not played well either. No one in the secondary has played well. Yeah, and and it's not like you know how do you, how do you help them now? Like I did, you it's not a pass rush, and you yeah. and you're not getting that. Yeah, that so, was the whole. That's one reason why they knew they were going to be young in the secondary, which is why they loaded up with all these so called pass rushers. You know, again, one reason why they went and got Everson Griffin after they got Carlton Smith to go with a supposedly healthy Demarcus Lawrence, and then you got Randy Gregory on the come, which they continue to bet on him because. They want a lot of pass rushers. Number one, they thought they were going to be having leads because of the offense. They figured they were going to have to pin their ears back. The team's going to be coming back on them. And so they're going to have to rush the pass. But it's also to take some pressure off their secondary. One way to help a secondary is get to the quarterback. They have not gotten to the quarterback at all. And, and Shil, what's, what's crazy about this, I remember, you know, my, my younger years, we had years where we went with three corners. Um, my second year, we went with me, Mike Jenkins, and Terrence Newman, and as injury prone as people wanted to say Terrence Newman was, or they can even say as injury prone as I was or as Mike was, we made it through a whole season with three corners. And not only did we make it through a whole season, we won the NFC East and won the first playoff game in a long time, and a home playoff game at that. Yeah. 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 They, 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 again, the, the question is, and we, we've been talking about this defense, uh, I don't know how they get better over the course of the season. And I, I think that and, – and, and on, on the flip side, as Parcells, you said, there's always two sides of that pancake. This offense, which is played very well but has some mistakes, probably makes some mistakes because they have to press and they have to feel like they have to be perfect. Dak and Zeke have to be perfect to overcome this defense. And and they can't be perfect when you got, you know, undrafted freeze and that right tackle and, and, and Zeke trying to do too much. You know, he's had fumbles in three straight games, I believe. You know, I don't want to interrupt you, but structurally, 
and we talked about this, they looked poorly coached. One thing that you can't say when you had red it was that from a, a structural, from a like a coaching perspective, from a do the little things, right? He was a very, very meticulous coach. You know, he wanted things done a certain type of way. You, his message might have been boring and stoic, but you were going to start the day off with ball security. You was going to start the day off with tackling the angles with Marinelli and with Eberflus, even with Jerome Henderson. And to me, this reminds me of Rob Ryan. They Rob Ryan got one year, and the defense wasn't nearly as close so as atrocious as it is, like how do you even make it through a whole season like this when you're paying your quarterback $31 million? I don't even feel comfortable extending my quarterback at $40 million a year or $45 million a year, whatever it's going to be, with that on the other side of the ball. At what point we're going to have to start thinking about just rebuilding? The well, offensive line's getting older. First of all, you, that's never happening on Jerry Jones. They're never rebuilding. They're never going to say – we're going to just go 0-16 or 1-15. No, I didn't say tanking. I said rebuilding. I think that we need to figure out what we want to be. Well, if you, if you, if you go out there and go one I guess, you know, a $1-800 quarterback, you know, that's not going to happen either. A lot of quarterbacks, you know, as we see with New York, with the Jets, you know, just because you draft one high, I don't mean you draft one good. You know, when you I, have a franchise quarterback, you're not moving away from your quarterback. So basically what you're telling me is you're going to feel comfortable paying $45 million for a quarterback, $20 million for a wide receiver, $15 million for a running back. So now we should just do a little bit of math. 45 plus 15 is 60. Plus 20 for the receiver is 80. Plus another 20 for the pass rusher that sacks the quarterback twice five, every fifth game. Five times, five sacks since twenty the start of 2019. So – now with the financial ramifications of a possibly potentially reduced cap because of COVID, I don't I don't see how you even make this team equipped to be competitive. Because you're trying to fill those seats. You know, you set a COVID record for back-to-back weeks. You know, Cowboys, <laughs> you want to be on TV. You want to have the Cowboys competing. You want people talking about the Cowboys. So you're going to keep your quarterback because you, you – I'm it, not it, saying it, we don't keep our – we but, don't but, keep but, our quarterback, but – The problem is, you know, and I hear you – my problem is philosophy. You should have never paid your defensive end and your running back before you paid your quarterback. Absolutely. Your quarterback you, your wife. you got to, you got to commit to your wife first and you did not commit to your quarterback. So now you're saying, how can you pay your quarterback when you paid all these guys? But that's what you did. Then that's what you have to do now, but you can't move away from your quarterback because you already paid Zeke and then who's not going to live up his country. You already paid DeMarcus Lawrence. Who's not going to live, live up to his contract? The quarterback is already you've been in a game. Yeah, I mean, just think I, how bad it would be if Dak is not throwing for five hundred yards. It's funny to me because people say, "Well, he's, these are all trash yards, comeback yards." I've seen a lot of teams get blown out, okay, and not put up the yards Dak put up. I've seen a lot of teams get blown out and not come back, make games close. You know, the quarterback is is, is given you hope and. and, and Kept again, fans interested in the TV networks interested, and you know that's what Jerry cares about. Absolutely, but why am I going to pay a running back fifteen million dollars a year? You've already done that. Now you you make move away from him in, in a year I or mean, two, but you've already but done it. Structurally, they've done some things that are unheard of, Clarence, and you notice you hire an offensive driven. And I'm already the two year deal essentially, but you well, came you away hire- from him for two years. Not at all, but you hired an offensive driven head coach only to force him to keep an offensive coordinator. That makes no sense. They, they're essentially running Jason Garrett's offense with Mike McC- McCarthy's three receiver set and passing tendencies. 
Did you, did you like those three two point conversions? Well, that looked good. That looked good. <laughs> what team has three consecutive three point two point conversions? No one does that. Chill, chill. I got no. I got no fired team. up. No, but chill. No team. No team blocks a field goal yeah. and gives up a two point conversion on the same. <laughs> hey, hey, Leon let this Cowboys do this. Leon let did it with the Cowboys and gave up a game winning field goal because they did the same thing back in the Jimmy Johnson days. Even the Jimmy Johnson coach team did that one time. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, you and Orlando, I've I've been enjoying this back and forth so much uh, on this. But yeah, it does bring up a problem long term structurally is that that has been the, the, the bugaboo for the Jones family is that they've never really wrapped their arms around a philosophy. The reason that the the Patriots have been so consistent is that they've kind of wrapped their arms around a philosophy on how they're going to build a roster. The Jones family changes up every every few years and it it, it it just never been consistent i don't think they change up i think jerry and steven they listen to a lot of people and they draft a lot of players that never actually materialize and i think they had so much hope of the way that they wanted Jalen to look before he was injured his pre-injury form and i love Jalen. i look at him as a little brother and i think that he hasn't been put in the best position i think they've put a lot on him you know they gave him a contract that's inflated and clarence you know how this works and i think you know, he Jalen is exactly what Jalen is. And now that you don't have LVE and, you know, you don't have guys around him and you're not in that one-gap scheme, now you're starting to see his deficiencies. You know, the funny thing is they, they said this defense would allow Jalen to do what he does best and run downhill and run to the ball. You know, but but he's been indecisive. And, 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 and again, the thing about it is, is you know, <laughs> Jalen is, is, is the guy that's getting the most heat from Cowboy fans and critics and, you know, because he got that contract, which I don't think is, is what people think it is. He, he got a nice little deal, you know, for a guy who's coming off a foot injury. You know, he, he didn't get, you know, the massive contract that, that it looks like on paper. And, and the Cowboys can easily walk away from it also in a couple of years and, and, and save some money because a lot of it is backloaded. But here's a guy who wasn't expected to play you know, after that tragic knee injury in his final game in Notre Dame. And he had dropped foot his rookie year. And the fact that he's even out here playing is a miracle in itself. But people expect him to be Ray Lewis. He was never going to be Ray Lewis. He, he was never going to get back to that level. Now, you can say, well, they should have drafted Mac instead of him. You know, who's down in Jacksonville, who's balling, who they questioned his health and questioned whether he could play at all. And and he's playing well and has played much better than Jalen has played. And you can you know you question on decision making, but it's not Jalen's fault the Cowboys paid him. It's not his fault they drafted him. And and certainly I never expected Jalen to be the savior and to be another Ray Lewis on this defense. And certainly he does have some deficiencies. It's for me it's it's I'm going back to coaching because as a player, we all have talent. They all have talent. But if those if those position coaches can't get it out of them, if you don't have an Eberflus, if you don't have a Jerome Henderson, if you don't have a guy that can get out of them, I just don't. I look at the plate. We haven't even talked about this. I look at the reverse from OBJ. Just I'm going to paint the pitch for you guys. And I we don't even have a TV. So they line up. It's basically I formation. It's snug. Odell's at Z. They flip it to Odell. Jarvis is the X. Jarvis is just down blocking. For the life of me, I have no idea where Diggs is going. He's he's following the down block, and as he sees the reverse, he trips over his own feet. So essentially, he blocks himself. 
He allows the linebacker to be cracked on. He allows the tackle to get up, and, and then he never gets back in the play. I mean, Odell's fast, but Jesus. Yeah, they, they, you know, we, we talked about it today, and I did interviews with with, uh, with uh, McCarthy and Nolan, and, and and they talked about the poor angles and, and the pursuit and, and the issues with the pursuit because it looked like guys didn't, you know, give a lot of effort, especially a guy like Jalen coming from the backside. But, uh, you know, the funny thing about it is they ran that play early in the game, and, and they got gashed for it. And so they saw it again, and really, I think it was Alden Smith who almost had a chance to get him. He was the only one that read it. And he had a chance to to tackle him for a loss. He missed OBJ. But when a guy has to go back 10 yards by the line of scrimmage, there should be pursuit. There's no excuse for them not to get him on the ground. They over-pursued. They didn't hustle. There were so many issues on that play. If you watched that play and you you talking about Diggs, but there were so many other guys. How do you how do you not get him on the ground after that? Well, well, I mean, and, and it shows, you know, what they're dealing with in that when I know the Browns are, are running that, you know, at the end to try to 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 mess the Cowboys up. But, you know, you've got the team running a, a you know, a reverse at the end of the game to OBJ. And uh, that's an opportunity for them. Like they kind of did something stupid. If you stop it right after right after your, your failed onside kick, that's just that's just the players not taking advantage of an opportunity they were given by the other team. Well, that's yeah. true, but, I, but what's also true is that was a coaching mistake. Because Absolutely. If, if they would have kicked them deep, they would have never run the reverse, okay? If they would have kicked that ball deep, and they said they were trying to squib it in the middle uh, to pin them deep, but he mishit it. You know, it wasn't really what an onside. It wasn't supposed to be an onside kick. He was supposed to squib it and, and, and kick it deep, but right in the middle because where they were playing for the onside kick, and, and he just mishit it. But just kick the ball deep and – and play defense. There was three minutes and something left in the game. And if you kick the ball deep and you, if you watch, one reason why the Cowboys got stopped in the fourth quarter because Cleveland said, we're playing clock. We're going to play conservative. We're not going to do anything. Let Baker Mayfield lose this game. We're just going to run the ball. And that's one reason why the Cowboys got three stops to get back in the game with those scores because they were playing conservative. And I do believe that if the Cowboys would have kicked it deep and pinned them at the 20 or, the, or 15, uh, they would not have run in reverse because they wouldn't have chance him getting tackled that deep, and they would just run their regular offense. And the Cowboys would have had a chance to. to they had two minute warning, had another timeout to get off the field and get the offense a chance to get the ball back. But because they made the decision, the horrible decision and the mistake to how they kicked off, uh, and they gave them that short field, that allowed the Browns to go and be aggressive with that reverse play. For me, every single player on the Cowboys has regressed. I remember. Uh, when they had Marinelli, they would complain about not having any bigger defensive linemen. So they go get Poe, a guy who probably can't beat my 10-year-old daughter in a foot race. You see him, just he's just out there. Um, I thought Antoine Woods was was a decent player under Marinelli. I thought he had a high motor. I thought he, you know, he had some effort and energy plays. But now I don't does I, I don't even know if the guy even plays. Oh, he he plays, he alternates, he he plays. They just again they gave up a team record 307 yards rushing. rushing. Not- and, 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 and the thing about it is that Nick Chubb was hurt, and some dude named the Ernest Johnson, who had one carry for five yards coming into the game, and no one's ever heard of, gashed him. Gashed him for, I think, 15 carries, 14 carries for 95 yards. The Ernest Johnson was just running at will. I don't even know who the Ernest is. Hey, he was uh, he was doing fishing charters in the off season. That's what they kept talking about on the podcast. <laughs> the Ernest Johnson, come on, man. Yeah, crazy. I mean, but 
at what point? I think that it's just chill. You see a lot more on this team. You see a lot more players interacting on social media, defending themselves. See Everson Griffin going at people on Twitter. You see Demarcus going at people on Twitter. That's what things like that. Things like that. But things like that just didn't happen under Garrett. That those type of things didn't happen when I was there. I mean, I thought we did it really. Cole Beans and his wife went out to people. Cole and his wife went out to people. Okay, but if you know Cole, (laughs) you know Cole though. Okay, I know Terrence Williams. You know they 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 he blocked a whole lot of people on Twitter. Okay, yeah, but now you got guys on Twitter defending their play. I know, I know. That's that's crazy. Yeah, Cole Beans and his wife will cuss you out. <laughs> I give it to him though. Cole and his wife, they 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 always use a good selection of curse words. They always kept us entertained. <laughs> but but Orlando, when you have you said defending their play on Twitter, that that's something that you shouldn't have to worry about if you're a player. Like it doesn't I always want like I, it always worried me with Dez when he would get so kind of obsessed with what somebody said about him on Twitter. Like Dez, man, you're you're here. You're the you're Dez Bryant. You won over this nerd in his basement. Like, don't worry about what he said. I know that's hard to do, but like, if that's already creeping in, does that worry you about long term in the locker room? I, I, this team, it just don't have that. I, for me, they don't have. I don't see any structure. I could be wrong. I just don't see any structure. It just looks like they're the, they're just running their own show. You know, speaking of that, you know, one of the things that they grabbed my attention today was talking to Mike Nolan, and they asked him about Jalen Smith. And he brought up the criticism Jalen Smith gets. I'm like, how does Mike Nolan know about the Jalen Smith criticism? Is he on Twitter too? He might be. He got to be on Twitter making them calls because he ain't. He not game planning. I'm like, why does, does the coach know about the criticism Jalen Smith gets on social media? Why does the the defense quarter know about this? Why is that even something you should be concerned with? But he found himself defending Jalen Smith and said he gets too much criticism and unfairly criticized. Uh, and to me, just answering the question tells me you're paying attention to the criticism that your linebacker is getting by fans on social media or, or former players. That, that, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's, it's crazazy. Um, I don't, I don't get it, man. Um, well, Parcells just... called a snap fast, not Parcells, but, uh, uh, Belichick called a snap face. I'm not asking no questions about snap face tr- criticism. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 to, I totally understand that. But it, these guys, I just think, I think that they think that they can turn it on. I, I know what the conversation is. Clarence, you know what it is. They're looking at the division. Giants haven't won a game. Eagles, one, two, and one. Redskins, one and three. Oh, my God, guys, we're right there. We got everything that we want right ahead of us. And it's just like, no, you're not. You got teams coming out, and this you were supposed to put everybody around the line of scrimmage, and if you had to at times, roll the safety over the top of Odell Beckham, put pressure on Baker Mayfield, get a lead, and then you're supposed to have a walk in the park. Yeah. Well, except, except you got dog walked. You can't let somebody come into AT&T. They rushed the ball for 300 yards. That means they were running directly at you. That means the plays the place sound like I right, zone left, I right, iso left. That, that's how simple it was. Well, Orlando, is it? It's too late to. Is it too late to change? Like they can't go back on their scheme, can they? I mean, they're, they're kind of in it now, aren't they? I mean, what's going to happen is, like I talked to Clarence about yesterday, we we lost Demarcus Ware in his prime because we switched from a three four to a four three, and all of a sudden he couldn't play. Now the the talent is there with D Law. 
It's just he needs to become comfortable. I said I said this earlier on the podcast. He's not used to playing 60, 70 snaps a game. He was used to rotating and playing maybe 35, 40 snaps a game. Now you're asking him to do things that he hasn't done. You're asking him to take on tackles and set the edge for 60 or 70 snaps a game. That's just not realistic. He's undersized for that. Everson Griffin is undersized. If you look at Alden Smith, he's the only one that has prototypical size for that position. Yeah, well, I mean, and chill. All right, uh, we're, we're kind of uh, we're we're over the thirty minutes, which is which is normally what we like to keep this at. But I'm I'm enjoying this so much. But 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 chill. I don't see this changing. I mean, there there is nothing coming around that's going to see the you know. I don't know if Zeke's going to get the ball more. I don't know if you know the defense is good. Like I don't. What can come around to change it other than guys all of a sudden the light coming on and then playing better? Well, and that's just it. And, you know, they hope that Leon Collins will come back, but he's out for the season. So they're going to be challenged at right, at right tackle all season. That's going to, you know, impact the passing game. They're going to have to keep, in, keep help in. Uh, again, they're going to have to be perfect on offense. You know, the good news is you got the winless Giants and Jason Garrett's offense coming to town this week. There's no way they should lose to the Giants, okay? There's no way they're supposed to lose to the Giants. And, again, as you talked about, uh, their hope is in the NFC East because the NFC East is horrible. You know, the Eagles are 1-2-1, and one, and they beat a San Francisco 49ers team that was on this third, fourth quarterback. And the only reason they won that game Sunday night is because the quarterback play in San Francisco was horrible last night. Uh, the Redskins are awful. The Giants are awful. Uh, the Cowboys' hope is, you know, outlasting the Eagles in this division and then getting into the tournament and, and, and hoping for the best that they'll be better and can improve before the end of, uh, you know, as, as the season goes along. But as long as they're in the NFC East or the NFC East, they got a chance to not out of it, and Jared Jones is going to pack AT&T Stadium with COVID records weekly. <laughs> Did they set another record last week? Yes, yes. They had- I, 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 thought, I thought it was odd, man. I was just reading – like, and I love Mr. Jones. And just to hear him say, like – talking about like Trump being the hardest working person he's ever met. I was just like, I take myself back to that locker room in Arizona before that game when Trump was calling his phone and I'm just, I'm just like, wow. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> see, it's so much of a wow show that you don't even have a response. Are you doing I'm, not, I'm not getting the mic stepping into this. <laughs> yeah. But I guess COVID doesn't exist. And, you know, you know <laughs> since he's really close with Trump. Don't be um, afraid of COVID. And they be probably, of- probably told him how to attack it. You know, he couldn't. <laughs> Maybe if you put more people together, then. <laughs> well, if you, if you get enough of us in a room, we can we can fight it hand to hand. Probably. So we can do. We can just take it. It'll it'll all come into one big thing, and we'll fight it with our fists. <laughs> it's, it's just. Yeah, but but with, you know, I love Mr. Jones, but it's just. I, I think he's a great, great businessman. I think he he picks and chooses when he wants to be political, but I think it's from a business standpoint and from an ownership standpoint, I think he's he's good. Well, the thing is, you know, as I weigh into this just a little bit, politics is his business, and business uh-huh. is his politics. Uh-huh. You know, he cares mostly about green, and the only reason uh, his biggest fear is losing money and losing viewers and somehow tarnishing the brand, which will cause him to lose money, and, and that's one reason why, and, and as most rich folks are, they're Republican, and they care about taxes and all that other stuff, which is one reason why they support all these policies, so that's his politics. What makes him the most money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's, that's rightfully so. You no, know, he 
his business. He deserves. He can run it how he wants to. But I think it's just a little bit odd when people pick and choose with politics. And for the record, the Trump tax cuts didn't really help you unless you were a big business. I was here. There's no doubt. There's I was here no finishing my like taxes. Uh-huh. I was here finishing off my extension, and I was like, "Man, I thought uh, Trump. I had to call my accountant. So I thought Trump cut the taxes." Yeah. Say yeah for big businesses. Yeah. <laughs> said he took a said he took a lot of things away from you. Or Orlando Orlando Scandrick Industries hasn't isn't a big business yet. You need to get uh, there, Orlando. <laughs> not big enough where they was giving me buybacks and cutting my huge taxes. I think it was for corporations. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah, it didn't help me. I it didn't help me. I mean, you know, you know. And I thought it was supposed to help all Americans. Like this is great for all of us. Now it's. It's great if you, I guess if it's great if your CEO is happy and you work for a big company, he'll kick in yeah. some, some extra, an extra gift basket at Christmas time. So absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, this has been great. This is awesome. Uh, really enjoyed it. Chill. Uh, chill. I miss seeing you every week. I mean, I, I like, I'm not one of the, you know, I'm kind of out of the bubble uh, this year because of the, of COVID-19. So I don't get to see you every week. Uh, so it's great to have you on the oh, podcast. I can't let him off. Oh yeah, the podcast without talking about the Hook'em Horns. <laughs> Thank you. I can't let you off. I can't. I think you owe me a few dinners still, and I can't even bet on owe you this year because it's like the best of the worst. Yes, yes, it's it's it's, it's, it's not a good time. It's not a it's not a good time. Not a good feeling to to to, to be an orange blood. Uh, they're already calling for Ermit Meyer in Austin, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. Oh, <laughs> I'm calling! I'm calling for Charlie Strong back. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see Chill in that state again. Nobody <laughs> watches, enjoys watching the Longhorns lose more than I do, but I don't want to see Chill back in that emotional state again. I like him too much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, it's it's weird in the Big Twelve. It's weird in the Big Twelve. It's up for grabs, man. Iowa State could win that thing this year. Yeah, every every game is going to be like that. Every game is with every team is going to come down to the wire. And and the sad part is, Iowa State may win the conference, but didn't they lose to a, uh, an American Conference team already this year? Yeah, they lost to Louisiana. Yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So that's still going to be a stain on the Big Twelve. So uh, none of it makes sense. But I I think that. Um, if we just to talk a little bit about that, I just think Oklahoma State probably it is their turn, you know. And they got the quarterback, they got the running back, they got a receiver. If Gundy don't win it this year, he's never going to win. Yeah, well, and he bet he better because he's going to have some some blowback on that OAN thing when it comes to recruiting. Right. Right. So, okay. but this season doesn't even count though. Like, if you don't want it to as a player, it don't count. Yeah, yeah, but but the ones that are playing and and, and just like your Lakers going to count this title. If, if they if, if Oklahoma State or Iowa State wins the Big Twelve. They're gonna put it on the wall, okay? They're gonna they're gonna count it. Yeah. Yeah. They're 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 absolutely they absolutely are. Well uh well chill, always great to talk to you. Orlando, uh we'll do it again uh as we preview the Giants uh later on this week. Uh, uh and and again, like and subscribe this prod to this podcast, wherever cool. you do get podcasts. We can call it we can call it the Mike the Mike Nolans versus the Clappers. <laughs> <laughs> the worst defense versus the worst offense. There you go. <laughs> this is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast. I'm Paul Cadlina. He's Orlando Skandrick. Special thanks to Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Thanks for listening. Whatever you do, everybody, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.